Hey everyone, I'm David Brussel. And I'm Marcus Terran. And this is The Thermal Review, a podcast about sensing, imaging, and automation advancements from the perspective of a couple technology geeks. In each episode, we discuss how the world is changing for cloud-based monitoring, quality assurance, and non-destructive testing. Infrared welding is the process of joining thermoplastic components using quartz glass infrared emitters. The surface of the plastic components is heated to a molten state and then joined by being pressed together. The infrared process is a non-contact assembly method allowing for particle-free welding. Time and power is controlled in this precise process, resulting in flexibility for various materials and joint contours. HA Industries is a leading provider of infrared welding automated machinery. They have been doing business since 1990, starting as a partnership to provide better quality products than currently available at the time. Since then, they have grown by working with companies of all sizes, from a small piece of equipment to multiple machines and complex systems. These guys have the capability and knowledge to handle just about anything. In 2022, Movitherm joined forces with HA Industries to support the thermal seal inspection of HA's infrared welding line. In this episode of the Thermal Review, we are thrilled to have Mark Ernt, the president of HA Industries, and of course, Marcus Terran, the president and CEO of Movitherm. Welcome, guys. Thanks, David. Welcome yourself. Yeah. Thank you. Good to see you guys. This is a great day. Uh, I've really been looking forward to this episode of of the Thermal Review and, of course, to have uh, you, Mark, from HA Industries uh, joining us here today and, and Marcus to provide some perspective on how this partnership has been supported through thermal imaging uh, technology, which is what this podcast is all about. So uh, I thought we could start off today, uh, Mark. Perhaps, perhaps you can tell us a little bit about you know who HA is. I covered it briefly in our intro. Uh, what you guys do, and 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 maybe even some of the markets you serve. Well, thanks, David. Um, we are a full system integrator to the automation world. Um, what that means is that we can do the small standalone equipment or we can do the large cells where it's multiple robots in those cells. Um, whatever that customer needs, we're pretty much turnkey with what we do. We can control our timeline within our four walls. Um, we definitely uh, have taken a strong interest in IR welding because IR welding allows you to do contoured arts. And right now, that's the first technology that's came out there to be able to weld contoured parts. And we're excited about it. We've embraced it. And uh, we have a lot of different types of things that we're R&Ding right now in our R&D department to further the whole uh, IR welding. I, I I had the opportunity to visit your your facility there in Michigan. By the way, that's where HA Industries is based out of. We're kind of covering the entire U.S. continent today, or, or or countryside. Me on the East Coast, 
Mark is out in Irvine, California, and you right in the middle in Michigan. We got it covered. <laughs> there you go. But I was, I mean, you guys have some pretty impressive capabilities. I don't know if you can talk about that a little bit, but I saw some machinery there that was quite impressive. Um, I mean, you, this stuff is big time. Customers come to us because they have many widgets and clips and fasteners that's got to go on the back of the attachment schemes to any part that they got on their facility. We're helping reduce some labor. At the same time, we are actually giving them a vision system that detects anything within that cell that doesn't meet the criteria of a good part. Uh, so they have assurance that when the part comes out of our equipment, it's ready to ship to their customer because we have satisfied all the build requirements on the backside of that part to be able to attach it to the vehicle. And we can do parts as small as, uh, as, uh, as a coffee cup all the way up to as large as a, a full-size vehicle. Um, so there's a lot of opportunity here at HA. As you had point out, David, we can do it all. We're system integrator where we're able to take a product line almost uh, from the, the cradle to the grave with the process. You know, you touched on something just a little bit, Mark, it, with regards to sounds like automotive. And that's what I'm familiar with when it comes to HA Industries and one of the markets that you serve. And I'm sure you have NDAs, you know, in place with all your clients, but are there other industries outside of just automotive where, where you guys are, are, are building your machines and helping folks automate? Things? Yes, we, uh, we are in the energy market where, uh, where the windmill turbines are storing energy. We help build those storage units. Uh, so we're, we are in the energy uh, market. We're in food and beverage market. We're also now just crossed into the medical um, market. We're doing a production unit uh, on uh, in the medical industry on a on a therapy therapy platform, um, where uh, it allows the patients to be able to do their therapy either at home or in a different isolated um, section of the hospital because this thing's a portable and mobile unit. So we're excited about that. Um, we also have uh, have been in the defense market as well. Hmm. Wow. So, so quite a, a broad spread. Interesting. Uh, I, uh, again, as, uh, I stated, I was really familiar what you're doing in the automotive space, but yeah, it sounds like you cover quite, quite a broad spectrum. Um, when it, let's, let's back up a little bit. Maybe we can talk about this a little more because this infrared welding is interesting and it's not the only method. Maybe uh, there's, there's, there's various ways to, to bond plastics, right? Right. Yep. Uh, what, what are some of the different methodologies and, you know, for bonding plastics and, and maybe you can help, help our audience understand the, the infrared advantage, if you will, why is infrared welding so, so great? The, 
infrared welding, the really the 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 the, the most important thing that that we have is been able to do the thermal imaging camera because it gives us a real snapshot in real time of what's going on with that weld. We're able to watch the trending of that weld and understand where that's trending off a nominal to be able to make adjustments to the machine so that we always are having a harmonized weld and the two surfaces um, are actually, we can see that in real time in a thermal imaging camera. So for us, it understands that when that part comes out of there, we know it's a good part in real time. Hmm. Awesome. Uh, Marcus, uh, you've been doing inspection systems for, gosh, 20 plus years now. Um, maybe you can explain a little bit about how you know, Mark touched on this infrared inspection and why it's important. How, how does it work? Yeah, so infrared uh, welding is similar in terms of <clears throat> being a non-contact method, right? Getting heat into a part, whereas the uh, thermal imaging is also non-contact and we can measure the thermal radiation coming from that heated portion of the piece coming back to the camera. So that's kind of what we utilize so we can actually see the actual temperature profile of the weld in our inspection system and evaluate whether it has reached the, the appropriate temperature for creating a strong bond before uh, parts being, you know, put together, essentially. So um, what what's the implication if, 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 if let's say, you see a, a, a cold area or let's say that the, the plastic doesn't melt to the the right temperature before being pressed together. What's 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 the implications of that? Right. So if you don't get to that glass transition, if you will, um, you will have a cold spot in your weld. You press it together, and then you have a, a you know a, a very poor weld or not a bond at all. And then you have a weakened part. Um, and depending on how critical that part is, you know whether it's liquid containing or uh, it's under stress or whatever the case may be, you have a weakened portion of the part, you know, and if you, if you don't know that, um, obviously this can lead to all kinds of issues, uh, in the field once the part is, is being deployed. So Mark, your customers that are, that are utilizing your, your welding machines and, and, and that have this integrated quality inspection, uh, technology, this thermal imaging. Uh, how, can you explain or describe how they uh, interface and work with it? Do do are are they making adjustments? Or are they can they rework a part? Uh, I guess how how do they work with the inspection information that they receive? So great question. Thanks, David, for that. Um, yeah. So in because you're able to see the weld in real time. And you're knowing when the machine is set up and you set it up to nominal um, and you trend off that, you know, it allows the customer to do his fail, failure, go to a failure mode to understand where that spec drives off acceptable parts and into scrap. And because it's hard to re, we haven't had a lot of success with going back in and re welding parts that's already been welded. We 
chase nominal. We make adjustments to stay on nominal. That's where the sweet spot of the weld is at. And we can actually see the two surfaces and how the weld is penetrating both surfaces to understand that 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 bond that between the two surfaces. It allows the customer to always know that the parts that are coming out will not leak um, if they're holding some type of fluid. Um, because when you go into these things through the prototype phase, you test and set these machines up to be able to understand where the failure modes are based on the welding that's going on. So you have an upper control limit, you have a lower control limit, and that's based on the prototyping and setting the equipment up. Gotcha. Okay. Wow. Interesting. I, so as you mentioned earlier, this, and I love this concept, Marcus, that you touched on. I mean, we're talking non-contact, not only welding, but non-contact inspection, which is pretty cool, both based on infrared technology, which as well is, I say, pretty cool. But, and as you mentioned, Mark, earlier, um, you know, this this works on parts that are contoured, I guess, complex parts, Correct. right? Uh, where it, it's difficult to make that contact. Um, so um, I talked about this a little bit in our intro, and that is these quartz glass infrared emitters. Maybe you can explain to our, I, I know what those are because I've seen your machine and, and how it does the welding, but maybe you can explain to our audience that doesn't know anything about these infrared emitters. What, what are those? And, and maybe like how many are in a machine to do, let, let's say a, a standard part, like a grill, if you will, on a, on a, off an automobile. Yeah. So it's, uh, they're like, they, they act as insulators to be, because there's a lot of heat there. So they're, they're actually acting as an insulator there. You can have a bunch of them. I mean, it, it's, it's really the surface you're trying to, bond to and to your uh your example you could have up to a hundred emitters emitters in there um you know making all this work so these emitters are if i understand correctly they are essentially in the same i guess geography uh uh as the where the weld needs to be and they're they're emitted infrared radiation that it's creating this melt in that very particular specific area by not making contact. Correct. Correct. That's, that's, that's pretty, I keep saying it's cool. It's actually hot, uh, that this happens. So, um, what, what might be, uh, a failure point in one of these systems, right? And, and I imagine that's what we're, what we're inspecting for, what what are the causes for the variation outside of the, the the nominal you know settings? Well, before you can put this product into the IR welder, it comes from a different process, and if that process is not repeatable or it's not maintaining a certain upper and lower control limit when it makes those parts, you can have a failure mode in the. IR welder because the process that they were originally 
molded under uh, is a moving target. And so you might have to be making adjustments to be able to make, bring them two surfaces together. Um, if the process changes and it changes the part, then it's going to change the IR welder. We're doing things right now in our R&D department that is trying to recognize the product coming into the IR welder to be able to make adjustments if it needs to be, but we're not there yet. Um, there's different things that we're trying to do that allows us to understand the level of the part going in there in real time and having the machine react to that. Wow, so that's interesting, Mark. So if I understand this correctly, the inspection system could potentially detect variations that are happening upstream before the part even arrives at the welder, that there's some kind of variation that happened further upstream in the process. That, Is that right? That's Is correct. That I mean, if you think about the two surfaces, if they are slightly different and you're heating them two surfaces up anyway, if we can read the differences before the product goes in there, and the machine can correct to make sure that it's overcoming those things with the bond and the mechanical weld, then it's making the adjustments in real time to overcome certain defects that happen down further down line before the output comes out of the IR welder. So it allows us to adjust and overcome any kind of defects that the two products may be seeing. Gotcha. Okay. Wow. Interesting. Marcus, I, I'm, can you, can you talk to our audience? Can you share with our audience? What, what makes up an inspection system? What, what, what are the components? And maybe this is, this is, I know this is a big question and, and, and it can get real deep. What goes on from like a mathematical side to, to determine this is good. This is bad. Right. Yeah. Great questions. And the loaded question too. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so yeah, let me let me unpack that. So let's start with what what uh, makes up a system, right? So um, it could be one or multiple cameras, depending on how large the part is, how complex the part is. Because what you want to make sure is that you have uh, enough pixels from the camera projected onto the part, so that you have enough spatial resolution to capture uh, temperature variations in the different weld areas and. Some parts, um, I mean, every part has a different aspect ratio, right? Some can be very long, some can be square. So we look at this first and say, okay, how do we best divvy up the areas that we need to inspect and then perform some calculations on saying, okay, what, how many pixels do we have available on a camera that's say 640 by 512 pixels? And how small of an area do we want to inspect? Uh, what's our mm. smallest area of defect that we're concerned with? Right, so that depends on the the width of the weld and and, and some other uh, things like how critical is that weld in that area if something were to go wrong, especially if you have parts that contain liquid. Obviously, it's super critical that they can't be the slightest little leak; it needs to be completely sealed. So, really, it needs to be an initial evaluation um, from from that perspective to see how do we um, divvy up the area and, and how many cameras uh, and resolution and such do we need. Then those cameras go into a, a computer, um, and this could be in the shape of a, a panel PC with a computer attached to it. It could also be an industrial 
computer separately in a separate screen that really depends on the needs of, of the machine and the presentation of the data. And then we have our own in-house developed uh, inspection software running that snaps images from these cameras at the right point in time when uh, typically these, these infrared emitters come on they have a certain dwell time to bring the material up to a certain point of, of uh, you know, to that glass transition area. And at that moment, we're getting a trigger signal from the machine and snapping images. And then the evaluation on these, along those weld lines is starting and making sure that, okay, you know, had, have we reached the right temperature in these areas? So there's a locational analysis, where is it located, but also a temperature analysis to say, because we need to have an awareness or the system has to have an awareness of what is a weld area. We don't care if mm. next to the weld some temperature changes are happening. We need to really determine the weld lines themselves and make sure that there's no um, you know, problems arising there, essentially. And then there's a component of that inspection system that needs to have the ability to communicate with a machine controller so that the machine understands, okay, inspection is done, is the part good, is the part bad sort of thing. So we have, um, in a sense, um, two different things and Mark touched on this. One is really the, the true inspection that basically just says, hey, is this good or is this bad? Um, but you can push this further and, and make it actually a process control system where, um, like Mark said, if the parts are coming in uh, very largely in temperature, um, that has an impact on, on the welding because you can't just apply the same amount of energy over the same amount of time. If the parts come in 10 degrees colder, that is, um, you know, that requires more energy to get it up to the same temperature. So you could look at this and, and um, basically analyze this and say, okay, you know, if this comes in 10 degrees colder, we have to either extend the length or uh, increase the, the energy going into the part uh, in order to offset that difference in, in, in part variation coming in. So then, then you spill over into the process control rather than just inspection. But uh, you know, either scenario is possible um, with these um, inspection systems. Gotcha. Okay, wow, very cool. So maybe not just is it good or bad, but let's adjust something in the process right. to correct. Right. That That's really interesting. Um, I know there's some secret sauce you know, in the mathematics side of things, how, 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 how does that work, Marcus? Can you describe that kind of a high level or basic sense, like mathematically, what's going on here? Yeah, so uh, infrared uh, imaging is quite tricky because um, a lot of people look at this from the understanding of, I have a thermometer, right? A thermometer is a single point temperature device that gives me a temperature. And I intuitively trust that the reported temperature is correct the way it's reporting it. With a thermal camera, because it's a uh, non-contact optical measurement system, it gets a lot more tricky because of the involved physics. We have something that folks that do thermal imaging understand, it's called emissivity. So we have something, um, it, thermal cameras really just don't measure temperature directly. They measure infrared radiation and then convert the radiation, the energy that it's uh, uh, capturing into a temperature reading. And there's very complex math behind it. It's not very linear at all. There's the Planck law and all those kind of things involved. So now the issue becomes, okay, first of all, what angle am I looking at the surface? If I'm having an angle introduced, um, it's impacting my emissivity. So that's the, the ability of a, of a solid material to radiate that infrared radiation. So with angle changes the amount of energy that I'm getting captured in, in the camera. Therefore, 
the, the reported temperature, the apparent temperature is changing. I need to have an awareness of it and, and correct for that. That's one thing. The other thing that um, basically impacts the emissivity is also the, the type of material. I mean, most plastics are pretty forgiving. They have pretty decent emissivity, so that's a, that's a good thing. It gets a lot more difficult if you have metals involved. They tend to be much lower on the emissivity scale. So all of this needs to be considered um, before we can even rely on the temperature readout that we have. Right, so so there's a lot of physics and understanding of how to compensate for that uh, involved. So it's not just you point the camera at something and that's your temperature end of story. No, there's lots and lots of variables that uh, you know play into this that you need to consider. You know, so and then it yeah. goes further in the actual um, image processing. Thermal imaging really is a mixture of image processing in terms of spatial awareness of where you're measuring, but also a signal processing task where you sometimes take not just a single snapshot, but you may be monitoring temperature over time and, and draw some conclusions from that. So you have really the two worlds of, of signal processing and image processing converge um, and, and you can draw um, information from that as well. So it, it gets quite tricky um, to really, um, you know, have the system tell you the truth, if you will, and, and make decisions based on that. Marcus, listening to you describe that just reminds me the value that that Multitherm brings into this space with over 15 plus years experience working with thermal imaging cameras. You understand all this and, and that's that's part of the value that Multitherm brings uh, into this partnership by having that understanding combined with the the, 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 the expertise of HA Industries on the emitting side and and, and bringing that together, it's again, I, I it's 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 a, it's a fascinating non-contact on both sides from a measurement and also from a welding perspective. Just to add to that, David, um, it's because yeah. you know when Marcus brought up the flexibility that you have, that that really is what we are trying to capitalize on right now is that flexibility to understand and if if. if for lack of better words, dumb the system down uh, because of the trick, trick the, the, the the certain trick that has to that you have to overcome with some of this stuff is at the same time there's a lot of flexibility in there to overcome a lot of that stuff and make it more user friendly and that's what we're stepping up to the plate to do. Hmm. Awesome. No, thank you, thank you, Mark. Um, I. Uh... I have uh, an interesting question for us, uh, gentlemen. Well, for you, not for me. Uh, as as we kind of um, wrap things up here with regards to uh, our discussion about uh, infrared welding uh, of, of of plastics and and utilizing these emitters, and then also uh, utilizing infrared uh, to inspect that process. Um, and this has to do with. Uh, you know, where do you see things going? Or, you, and I think you kind of touched on a little bit, uh, both of you did, where you were talking about, you know, moving things from just a, a, a QA check to a process control type setting. But I, I'm interested, and I'm sure our, our listeners are as well, is like, where, where do you see things going? And, and that's kind of a broad question. And so, uh, Mark, I, I'd like to ask you, you know, because you're, you have a broad, you know, business 
that, that, that you're covering. You mentioned some of the different industries. You do a lot more than just infrared Correct. welding. That just happens to be our subject matter for today. But in general, uh, and maybe this is from, you know, helping customers, you know, trying to automate processes and things like that. What, what are some of the trends that you see out there? Uh, or, or maybe what, what do you kind of where do you see the, the future headed when it comes to, um, you know, automating processes and, and simplifying things, which is kind of how, what I see you guys do, which is part of the DNA at MobiTherm. It's like simplifying the complex, making it easy for customers to essentially perform or accomplish a task. So I don't know, kind of a broad question, Mark, but what do you see happening well, out there? To me, getting, getting things to trend moving forward to be able to read the weld in real time and how it's trending and, 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 and being able to autocorrect the trends. And because one of the things that all my customers have to deal with is product that is defective in the field and they didn't want to ship it that way. It just got shipped that way because of either the inspection systems um, are not where they should be. They're manual. Um, they don't have all the capabilities that they need to have. And I just see that once we continue to take this down the road of, of true inspection in real time and be able to set that machine up that it's going to tell you to ship it or scrap it, that has to be a major comfort zone to my customers to know that that decision is made on their production floor and not somebody at at a plant that's receiving this that finds out the well didn't hold, the well was leaking. Um, and I want to have the data in real time to my customers that says, you've passed. Nothing after this, unless we have a damaged shipment uh, that's out of our control, that this thing is going to work as intended out in the field. Excellent. Yeah. Marcus, same, same question for you. Like what, and maybe a little more specific to this topic that we've been talking about. What, where do you see this could go? Where, where do you see some of the trends in this space? Yeah, I share Mark's vision that, um, there's so much upside opportunity uh, for actually doing intelligent process control and really creating additional value above and beyond uh, inspection because inspection is really just a pass fail situation, right? It doesn't have in its on its own. It doesn't have the ability to control anything or to change the outcome other than saying, don't ship this part, ship that part. But if we push this further and we, we start to do the process control and we say, oh, parts coming in a little colder or the pressure needs to be a little higher over here or whatever the, 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 the viable um, variables are for the process that, that have an impact on the quality of the part, um, once we bring it to that level, um, then we can also act on in, in real time doing the process and, and change the outcome of the process, not just saying, Oops, that one didn't work, right? So that's the next level. And then pushing this further, you could go, if, if I really shoot sky high, what you can do is you can, you can actually have a system 
that rather than performing R&D on a part, you can have the system analyze the parts that are coming in, run a few welds and figure it out itself and self-tune and basically have then uh, after a few cycles of learning, you can then push the button and say, okay, now go and weld. So that would take the, um, you know, the domain knowledge and the, the, the black magic that people have intuitive knowledge about that have been in the industry and start to bring this in and automate this to the level and um, really, um, I think, change and impact the industry there, you know. Marcus, did I understand you correctly? Is that is that called artificial intelligence? It can be. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just to add to that, David, you know, what piggybacking off some of the things that Marcus said is what the customer now can do when they see that product coming in that's slightly different they can go upstream and correct it in the other process that's causing the problem you know so at the end of the day you don't want this machine auto correcting every part so it should teach them what they need to do upstream as well to make sure that there's no fallout up there on their other on the other processes yeah and that's and Dave, to your word, um, yeah, what I call it uh, AI as an artificial intelligence, um, I would uh, recoin that phrase and I would call it II as an intuitive intelligence. Oh, well played. Well played. This this is an ongoing discussion that, that we have regarding artificial intelligence and how, how it plays in this space and how effective it is. Uh, you know, so anyways, I, I'm teasing a little bit, but thank you, Marcus. <laughs> well, gentlemen, I, I, uh, I'm going to give you the opportunity to offer any final words before we wrap up today. But Mark, again, thank you for taking, you know, the time out of your schedule to join us. Beyond that, thank you for the opportunity that we have to partner with HA Industries and uh, I say we, MobiTherm, in providing uh, an inspection uh, tool for your uh, welding uh, technology. Uh, any any parting comments, Mark, uh, as we as we wrap up today? HA appreciates the partnership as well. Our visions are aligned. We will get to where we're going. The passion is there. Um, I think that the more traction IR can get in the public to understand that this is new technology, this is going to be a better way of putting parts together. Um, the more traction we can get and get that word out there, I think the, the better off we'll be in a production environment um, with how you bond two parts together. Thank you, Mark. In fact, with that note, I would encourage our listeners to go to the HA Industries website. There's actually uh, a great video there uh, that 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 covers this application of this infrared welding, um, and, and maybe we could even uh, uh, highlight that as we post this podcast, so folks can go there and and see that. But there's a great video there to to actually see the process, the machines that you guys produce. Mm -hmm. Marcus, uh, any any comments, uh, parting comments as we wrap up here in this episode? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this was, this was a great conversation, and, and we appreciate uh, always having industry partners uh, being on our podcast. And 
really getting you know their point of view across and it's not just us talking about things to to really provide that perspective and we're also equally excited about this partnership and you know see what we can come up with together and, and actually push that uh you know that boundary and, and, and create the the next generation technology out there and, and help manufacturers to produce you know better better parts uh, higher quality and and at a lower cost you know that's really our job yeah Awesome. Thank you guys. Well, uh, to our guests, uh, that, that is it for today's episode of, uh, the thermal review. Thank you, uh, for, for joining us for listening, or if you're watching this on YouTube for watching us, thank you again to our, our guest marker for, for, uh, joining us, uh, today. And, and, and again, sharing with us a, a little bit about the HA industries story. Uh, thank you. We appreciate that. Marcus as well. Thank you for helping us understand, again, the power of, of infrared imaging, infrared inspection. Uh, Mark, it's interesting because you, you talked about getting this word out. I, f- I still feel like this technology of infrared, whether it's imaging or, or welding, you know, this, this technology has been around for 50 years plus, but it still seems like it's the newest unknown tech on the market. And uh, that's what makes this so fun uh essentially spreading the word and, and educating folks about the capabilities um thank you again for for listening in um if we w- if you want to learn more about any of the mo- uh, uh the uh, thermal review podcasts we encourage you like we always do to to come to our website and and you can check out uh the thermal review there uh you can also um Visit your favorite podcast platform and, and subscribe to us. And, and uh, we appreciate you for doing that. We also want to give the shout out to those who offer comments and recommendations and suggestions on future episode themes. Thank you for that. We appreciate you sending those in and we will be covering those topics that, that have been submitted. So thank you for that, everyone. Thank you again for your time today. Thank you.